Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Filtered Band means yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way here and now. This is officially put down as episode number 192. You could jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution at Casey Stern on Twitter. Jump in the bio, get on the YouTube channel. Of course, where most of you are equal opportunists that we are on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, the places you can get the Gibby Show. And thank you, Unfiltered Band, as we welcome in my guest here for Ep 192. And welcome back to the show, longtime successful manager in the big leagues, even more successful about being a funny, genuine human. And he is the host of the Gibby Show. <laughs> He's also a dog sitter. We'll get into that as well. Of course, talking about my guy, John Gibbons. Gibby, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for doing this again. How you been, man? Hey, Case, man, my pleasure. It's been it's been a while. It's one of my favorite shows to do right here. But hey, this is like the the hundred ninety second show. You yeah, done? too many. Yeah. Hey. Damn, you're good, man. You're yeah, really well, good. Some of those are solo because I don't know 192 people. So that's why you know, just go around of like the only seven people in the world I like. And then you just keep going round and round to, to all of that. You'll find that as you keep booking guests on your show. But how many have you done so far? That's a good question, man. I don't even keep Come on, man. Coming. You got to at least keep it. Well, so you producer, somebody keeping count. Somebody keeping yeah, count. Oh, yeah. Somebody. Yeah. It's we got maybe at least these- 20 at least now, right? I would well, think. we started at the end of April. No, yeah. I know at the end of March. Yeah, show March. April, yeah, I, you and I. If we do math, you and I will be here a long time, trying to figure oh. out how many. Uh, so I, I'll tell you some math I know, and that's the thirty seconds you got to pay off sponsors. Those are important for all your podcasts. Uh, bet online, yes. number one source for all your sports betting needs, latest odds, lines, matchup reports, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, live betting, favorite casino, and card games. They're all available right from your phone. So head over to the website or use your mobile device right now and sign up and get in on the action today. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. It's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's been online where the game starts. And I want to get started here because there's a lot I want to get into. But I was saying this to you before we got started. And I saw you tweeting about it a couple of days ago. And I was crushing it yesterday. And I want to creep into the mind of a manager because we were – I said this yesterday. This is the way I put the title of the episode. We're all Bruce Bochy yesterday. Um, watching what he had to deal with through his eyes and what he called. He'd been around a long time, as you know, managed against him. Uh, one of the worst calls he's ever seen. What was your vantage point? Because I want to get into the rule. But that play itself and just how bad of a job by replay was that to take that away and then give the White Sox essentially a win because of that block at the plate? Hey, well, you know, in case it was kind of ironic that the uh... – that's a Buster Posey rule, man. And Buster, you know, play with Boach out there. It's like <laughs> the baseball gods came back or something. No, I, I tell you what, it's, it was actually, it's actually kind of embarrassing, you know, that, that a major league game that's so much riding on it could, you know, Texas Rangers are leading their division, right? And they, they go on, maybe, maybe Houston catches them in one game matter. You know, you, you never know. Right. And, you know, it may be, propels the White Sox into it. Actually, I would have been embarrassed to even challenge him, you know, being an ex-catcher, I'm going, I can't check. Come on, man. But, um, you know, it, it just makes no sense. How about revealing who the umpiring crew was up there in the uh, New York? Because I think more than one had to sign off on it, I would think. But that's the problem we've created, you know, that, that becomes a judgment call that it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's a, Kind of a vague rule, I guess. You, I don't know if that's the right word, but no, it is. You know, I mean, it's, it's arbitrary, right? I mean, we don't really know what yeah. the rules are. And I want to ask you about this because 
you know, from a backstop perspective, and you go back and, and you're right. I mean, saying in jest, and it is irony that this is the Posey Cousins rule. And I said this yesterday, and look, uh, Buster, Hall of Fame catcher, but he probably was at a position on that play that actually caused all of this. I remember going back to spring training. We're in the middle of spring training. They instituted this. And I remember when I was at MLB Network Radio doing the spring training tour at the time for Sirius XM, asking every catcher, and there wasn't one catcher that wanted this rule. As a guy who understands that position, how frustrating is it for the guys playing the position, Gibby, who are used to collisions? They understand that's par for the course. They know that's my ownership of this plate. How much would that screw you up in the head on plays coming in from the outfield, Gibby, trying to figure out what's allowed and what's not when Haim is clearly behind the plate, for example, on that play two nights ago? Yeah, you know, you're trained one way. You know, you, you, you when you're, it's from a young kid, if you're a catcher, you're all, all up to you get drafted and everything like that. You used to play in the game the one way, right? You line up, you set up on a certain spot part of the plate, and you react to the ball, and your job is to keep that guy from scoring, right? And you know what? There's been many – I think it's to keep guys from getting hurt, right? obviously. But my problem is how many guys actually get hurt? But 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 what, but what happens is it – you know, now everything's turned into a sweep tag. You know, the, the catcher's got to move out, catch it out here. But even that play the other night, from, from the way I, I viewed it, the, the throw was kind of came into, you know, the, the foul, foul side of the line a little bit anyway. So he was in a really good spot. I mean, he, if he was on the other side of the bag or where they kind of want you to be, you know, I mean, he, he's not going to be able to catch that ball. And he, he, uh, he gave him plenty of play. But that, but that's it, it shouldn't even matter, you know. The, it uh, – Catch the ball, keep the run from scoring. You know, we talk about we're trying to make the game better by more stolen bases, more excitement, all that. Yeah, it can be a boring game sometimes, a lot of times. So that's one of the exciting plays, you know. A play, that's a play right. Home that's play. right. That's right. And by the way, you we've know? taken other ones because the slide, the takeout slide at second base, yeah. which look, a lot of people didn't like, but you certainly because, you know, spikes, there are ways to do it, ways not to do it. But that hard slide, that we took out and making it like some kind of a neighborhood, you know, situation at second base is another one. We're taking away these opportunities. MLB loves all the controversy, but sometimes you need those moments in the game and rivalries and things of that nature develop. Unfortunately, it's life, right? For just like in the paint in the NBA, right? By the, by the rim, they're not happening at the three, three point line. It, it all comes from all of that. How do we fix this, though? Because here's here's the, here's the biggest problem I have, right? Because I don't like the rule either. But if a rule is there, a stop sign, I'm, I'm just thinking of the, the dumbest thing I could think of, a stop sign, right? When you first drive, you understand, okay, I don't have a choice anymore if I don't want to stop. I have to stop. And if I don't stop and there's a police officer there, I could get a ticket because my job when I see that sign is to stop, right? That simple. Right. I know the rule, even if I don't like it. Do we even understand this rule? Does every umpire see the rule the same way? That's no. to me the biggest problem, Gibby. We don't even know what the hell the rule is. Exactly. You know, it, yeah, and you know what? Like you said a minute ago, that you know, you hope it doesn't come down to a play, playoff spot or, or, or a huge, you look back. I can remember we got in 2016, we, got, we snuck into the last day of the season for the wild card game, right? And this was the year they instituted the play at second base, and we had a play earlier in the year where it could have been costly. But but if if it's not if it's not cut and dry, say you know like like you can if you if you replay something, you see well he tagged him or he didn't tag him, right? Okay, where it becomes judgment. Well, did he give him enough of the plate to slide this or that? 
You know, I got ejected a few times because there was plays that were replayed, and I, we'd look up at the board and say, "There's no way way they're going to overturn this, or they have to, whatever." And then they they would do it. You're looking on the big board in your stadium, and I'd ask the umpire, "This, you know, they turn it over to New York. They have nothing to do with it." Now I say, "Who the hell's up there in, in uh, making that call?" I want to know because you know whether they, they got a grudge against. Of course, they, whoop, go, but nobody ever knows, right? There's no accountability, <laughs> Gibby. There's no accountability. Yeah. At all, but I would hate. I wouldn't want to be an umpire to have to make that call. But 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 that one is bad. But the replay's there to give me the replay's there to protect them. This should be about when the call is. Look, in the other case, the other night, Pedro Grafal said he challenged. You know, all things, whether or not it was a tag. You know, who knows what was said and what was not. But in most cases, you're talking about now with this like you know inconclusive to overturn nonsense. Like to me. All I want is the call right. I don't care what the hell was called on the field. And when you've got a fraternity of buddies up there not wanting to say buddies down there on the field did something wrong, why can't we get dudes from MIT who just understand video and teach? <laughs> I'm serious. And say, hey, look, this is what the rule is. And just show me and tell me if you think it's right. Because if I tell you, right, and that's a brethren and a teammate, because that's what umpires are, right? We understand. I mean, they're all going to back each other up. If one dude up there, you know, let's say, you know, whoever it is, person A has been working with person B downstairs for 20 years. He's not going to overturn his call because it's going to make his numbers look bad. I don't want that. I don't care what the call was on the field. Get the damn call right. That's exactly. That's the whole idea behind it. You know, the rule does say that if you, if you get the ball in plenty of time, you're a catcher, then you can block it, right? But okay, but so, but so everything's like, well, did, did he get in in time? Did he give him a play? It's a joke. It's you know, it's 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 made. It's uh, it's kind of like our society. We've gone soft. Now we're gonna turn turn in, you know, in, in on the in this athletic field. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's case. It's almost like winning. You know, that that's about winning. You stop a run. You know, when you win in a game, everything's celebrated now with the the home runs hits. You know, the the crazy hats and you know the dancing. You name it. It's it's like. It's turned into almost like a circus where the main focus is winning. I thought, you know. Well, I don't mind. Uh, I don't look. I don't mind having fun. It's a different age, right? So this is like we're not playing oh, a card anymore. So I don't mind. I don't mind because I'm I'm in the middle, right? Like I, I don't mind, and I think the celebration, all that stuff. It's it, to me, time and score matters. Like I don't want a guy high stepping down the sideline as a wide receiver when you're down 35 points, right? So it's like, right, but that's what it, they do. Yeah, they do that. That to me, but but the part that bothers me is that. You can't have fun in the game if we're always talking about the things that are wrong that can be fixed. And that was clearly another one. I, I want to get to it. There's a lot I want to hit. Let me let me get to Toronto and get to uh, the Jays next because, um, you know, I don't know how much you want to put on one thing. It's like anything else, right? There's always a lot that's gone wrong. It's not just Alec Manoa didn't do what he we thought he would. You and I both like him a lot. I know you've had him on, I believe, on the show. I, I love the dude, love the attitude, the personality. That, how much has what we thought he, and, I, and he could still be in his career, but what we thought he would be this year, right, and him not being that, how much of a trickle-down effect is that when everybody in the room is looking and saying, that's our dude at the front of a rotation? Do you put credence into that being part of what's kind of trickled down? How do you explain the Jays this year? Well, yeah, well, it's it's hard to explain other than that thing. Maybe they're not as good as we thought they would were, but you know they're still good enough to get in the postseason. You know they're still right on the fringe of a wild card, right? Yeah. So, so, and then of course Tampa ran away with things to kind of you know screw, really screw things up. But 
you know, with their where they're lucky is Barrios has pitched really well. Kikuchi's they both found themselves. They could have been a could have been a real problem if those two had looked pitched like they did last year. But as far as Manoa, you know, who who knows why that happened? I, I don't. I, I think their problem right now is they they just don't hit. They just they just don't score and like how everybody. How is that with the names they got, Gibby? How's that? Why? I mean, you watch this team. Why? Yeah, you know, I've been there. I I, I don't. That's it's hard to explain sometimes. Other than a lot of times, hey, you're facing pretty, you're facing good major league pitchers too. But you know, it's it, if they don't all hit their norm, which everybody expects year after year, right? Then that that's what you run into. You know, if they're doing that, then every everything's fine. You know, the big mystery, I guess, is is Vladdy Junior. Uh, not not hitting home runs. I don't even think he has a home run at home in a in a uh, one of the best home run hit parks in in baseball. Right, always has been. So that's kind of the mystery. And with runners in scoring position, you know, you could you could stick that on a lot of teams, right? You know, when teams struggle, well, the first stat they go to is, well, we were one for fifteen with guys in scoring position, whatever. Okay, but that's 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 what happened. But so if they've been kind of in that drought for a while. That's been kind of what's happened to them. And so that's what's glaring because I think they pitched really well. I mean, well enough to to win many more ball games, but. That's got to change. You know what? They got too many good hitters in there. Unless the fact that, you know what? Hey, maybe they're not. This is one of those years, you know, it's going to be a battle just to get there. Um, maybe they're not quite as good as everybody thought. You know, everybody's predicted possibly the World Series. But I think they're still good enough to get in. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. And that's going to change. You know, they, the big, they just had a big series down in Miami. You know, coming off a tough start of the road trip, Baltimore, then to Texas. They won two out of three down there in Miami. Miami was hot as – as any team in baseball, right? Now they go home against Oakland, I believe. It's this, so now they're at home against the teams. Now it's a chance to make up some ground. But that's but it's been one of these, you know. And that and why that happens, who knows? You know, I want to. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Gibby. Go ahead. No, that's it. No, no. That's I, I was I was going to ask. You, I, I want to create because it's not just Toronto. I mean, there are a lot of teams. And look, I, I sit there and as you know, and and look, uh, I mean. You know, certainly, and I'm talking to a Met legend, and I always say that to you. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I pay a lot of attention to what's going on with them and what Buck is dealing with in a team that's kind of gone off the rails. You think about San Diego that has kind of struggled, and and you know, St. Louis and has been terrible. All these in, in their own rights are very, very different things. But I want to go inside, and this is one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about: the mind of a manager, because. You hear, I'm sure, when you're managing, and now you hear it a lot afterwards as you see people talk about it, everybody has their own idea of what a manager's job is, right? Of where the manager deserves credit or where they deserve blame. I want to go to when a team is struggling. How did you try and handle, and what was the way that you learned as you came up as a player, a coach, and then manage that is kind of the way a manager, quote-unquote, should handle a team that is going out there every day, like the Mets are currently right now, and struggling the crap out of it. Everybody looks dejected. Guys look like they want to cry at the end of a game, look like they can't figure it out, that grip in the bat too tight. Take me inside the mind of a manager of behind the scenes, really how you try and handle that kind of a situation, how difficult it is. Well, Case, I mean, that, that's where I think, you know, managers are made, right? You know, I, I, I based um, my style and, coming up you know always playing baseball the guys i played for what i liked what i didn't like what made me tick and then when times get tough you know and i even my first go around in toronto you know before all the wild wild card stuff but you know the yankees the red sox would pull away right and uh, 
now's the time a manager's got to stick his chest out. He's got to take the shots for the team, right? And the, you know, enough of the talk. You know, I hear well team meetings this and that because it's just like raising kids, right? Sometimes you know, the the the, the more you talk, the less they listen, right? You know, but there's times to be firm and all that. But you know what? Your job is to, to deflect from those guys. Now, if, now if the team's going through the motions and they're 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 packing it in, that's different, you know. But nobody every, nobody realizes more, right? That we the, the, the guys out there on the field, they know what's going on. They know if they're struggling as a team or as an individual. And then you you say the Mets, and then you, then you uh, add on it's New York City. It's that much tougher, right? So the manager's got to, you know, hey, no more, you know, let's stay, stay all the talk, right? The the team motivational stuff. They don't need that. They're tired of hearing you anyway. And and you know what? I think try to paint a positive picture, take the heat, take the bullets for them. And then, you know what? In the end, like I've always said, and it's reality, it's the truth. If you're good enough in the end, you'll be there. And if you're not, you won't. That's just a fact. You play 162 games. If you're good enough, you ain't going to sneak in, right? And, you know, but it may be a disappointing year and then you get fired, right? So, is it impossible with the money that the guys in this sport are getting made? It more than other sports, it's professionals versus college, big difference. But now it's Major League Baseball, Gibby versus everything else. Is it possible with today's generation of player to get in players' faces behind the scenes and have them actually take it in a way that they respond positively? Yeah, I, I think I think it I think it is if, if you set the tone early, you know, it's got but there's got you know you gotta be respecting. You have to respect them, they have to respect you, right? But it, but the people that just talk all the time, you know, people we all the eyewash that, the right? eyewash. Yeah, the eyewash. Yeah, right? exactly. But if you set the tone early and you're fair, you know, and you and you and you, you tell them what's going on, I think you develop that kind of relationship where if the time comes where you need to, you know, you need to get a little tough on somebody, which we all need, right? Every now and then you don't have a problem with it. But if you just fly off the handle or, you, you know, you don't – if they know, if they think it's all about you and not about them, the team, that's that's when you're in trouble. But, um, but yeah, even, now in saying that, it is different. You know, they used to be able to rule with the iron fist. You know, you, you could send guys down. You could, you could do things that way. Those days are over. But I think still everybody, everybody needs a, a wake-up every now and then if you're being fair about it. How much are you relying? Because and and I I think of it this way because you know no matter what you say or do now on social media, right? And it's not just for managers and coaches; it's for everybody. I mean, you're going to find people who have something wrong with it. So, you know, the Mets, as it's an example, we're losing a bunch of games in a row, and Buck comes out and says he's proud of his guys because they're not quitting and they're fighting. And then everybody in the New York media was ripping him for saying, "How could you say you're proud of the guys when they're failing, when they're not pitching well, with every mistake, right?" And all of that. Uh, you're trying to, to your point, buffer, and I get that, steady that ship. Because you know, to me, I've said one of the reasons why Bob Melvin, I think, and I, and I, I say this with, with love about him, has so much success is because I, it's like he doesn't have a heart rate. Like, I don't think he's the same every time I've ever seen. It doesn't matter. And you know this is a player. Players respond to that because you're not getting all jumpy and crazy when it's bad and rah-rah when it's good. I mean, you, you're their balance, right, in the force, if you will. How much, though, do you need to rely on your leaders? How much were you relying on guys in your clubhouse that maybe would you bring a couple of them into your office instead of talking to a team in a meeting, Gibby, and have them kind of give that message? How much does that trust have to be their baseball manager today to the leaders in your room? Well, yeah, you, you've got to, you've, the, the, the players got to police themselves. If the manager it goes back to us, managers and coaches talk about that, 
if a manager's got to do all that all the time or a coach, you know, you're in trouble, right? And there's certain guys on the team, your big dogs, the guys making the most money, the guys that have had the best careers, guys are going to naturally gravitate towards them, right? And if you got a good one, you're in good shape. If you don't, you're, you're in trouble, right? That's just a fact. But they, you know, they're in that room together. You're there every day to get, you know, 162 days. You know, that that's the way, that's the way it works. But now you, you know, I don't know if I, I, you know, it's funny when you call guys in and things like that. See, I think if we get, what happens is when panic sets in, and uh, let's just take the Blue Jays, for example, right? You know, if they were, if they were, five, six, seven games out of a, the last wild card spot, you know, things are going, they're still over 500. They're like a half game or they were or whatever. I don't know what they are today. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe we're not playing the way we expected, but we're, we're right there, man. Maybe we ought to be look at it this way. Hey, we ought to be pretty damn happy where we're at right now, you know? And then they come the trade deadline, you know, the GM pulls off a trade that something could, could give us a shot in the arm, but, but it's, it's by no means a failure yet. I mean, you, you know, it's a failure if you don't get in because of the, kind of team they have but but sometimes we get folks on everybody panics and then the, the manager falls in, in a line the front office isn't happy so he it trickles downhill then the then the then the players think you're phony anyway and you're taking your marching orders from upstairs you know then then, it, then you're toast right you know but even like you said about buck right see as funny as that sounded to people buck i think buck was doing the right thing you know what it, it, it distracted from those guys because you take me to tell me scherzer Verlander and all those, those veterans, they don't know what's going on right I'm now. With you. They're, they're I'm, the, I'm, I'm with you, Gibby. I'm with you. Yeah, they're, you don't, you don't the gotta guys, tell, right? You don't got to tell those guys. And the job is of those guys in that room to police that room. Buck's job right. is to to kind of keep semblance of, of balance through ups and downs of a long season, deal with the roster that he has. And at the same time, and I want to kind of expand this to all managers now because everybody deals with this. I mean, look, I watched a situation, and I'll just give one example, where years ago, uh, Dave Roberts, I'm sitting there and covering the World Series, and you know Doc had to wear, and I love Kike Hernandez, he's a real talented player, but he had to wear, and this is during the Bellinger MVP kind of a Bellinger, you know, putting Kike in for Bellinger in the three-hole against, I think it was David Price, after Bellinger had gotten a knockoff and when Price had come in relief earlier in that World Series. And why? Because clearly the analytics team of which the Dodgers, by the way, it's a large part of why they're successful. So I understand there's good and bad with everything. But this was not a lineup that would be any manager's choice at that point because managers also have eye test and wear, like you guys do, what's on the right. field. How much did did you notice as as your managing career went on and how much then even worse is it exponentially now for managers to make decisions on their own, Gibby. And how difficult is that for some of these guys? They're never going to say it out loud. They can't because they're going to get fired or wear it publicly and you can't wear out the people who are paying you. But how difficult truly behind the scenes is it for a manager in today's game when they don't have autonomy about the kind of lineups they're putting out every day? Because none of them do. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, I think it plays right into because that's clearly what happens in most places. You know, I, I'm not sitting there listening, but but I know what's going on. We all know. That's that's one thing I, I made a point and I was kind of in uh, the, the guys, the GMs on my team know that I was going to make the decisions. Right. We'd talk things out. Are we gonna, But you give me the players, I'll make the decisions. I'm happy to discuss it. We can come up with some better strategy, but I'm not going to dictate anything on what a number tells me. You know, I'm smart enough to know, I think. And, uh, but nowadays, it's clearly different. If you want to even want to get a job, you almost have to say, all right, whatever you guys want. But I think that that erodes some of the um, 
authority that the manager actually has, you know, because, and so if, if he comes, he wants to, he wants to get tough with somebody or something, you know, they, you know, they can drop on you. Uh, you're just a puppet up there anyway. I mean, I don't know how, how, how legit is this conversation type thing, you know? And um, so, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to put a finger on everything that's going on, but there's, when you play every day, like you do, there's, there's the ups and there's downs, there's the, the, the tension, the conflicts you have with these guys, the good times, but you got to expect, you got to expect some crappy times, just like you got to expect some good times, you know? And, but I want to go back real quick. You were talking about the, yeah, go ahead. the Padres and the Mets. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I see, see, I, I view those two teams totally different, right? I, I think I see the Mets as they got, they got some more of those hard nosed, you know, guys that have been, you know, the Verlandes and the Scherzer. I look, I look, I look at the Padres as kind of a bunch of renegades, right? In the, you know, they're out of control, whatever, you know. They made a late, they made a run last year to get in, and you know, it had a decent playoffs. This year, they're the most disappointing, another disappointing team out there. And 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 uh, yeah, you know, Bobby's going like that. I'm sure Bobby, Bobby wants to uh, rip his hair out. Oh, man, I'm sure, but he never shows it out. to his credit. Never shows it. No, but no, but I wish he would one time for yeah. credit. <laughs> <laughs> Because I see, you know, I just see, I just view the teams differently by the personnel, right? That's yeah. fine. That's fine. But but the Padres are more talented, I think. Expectations were high you know, on both, though. Expectations were high for both. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, well, they they met in, in last year, and the Padres beat them in the playoffs. Yes, you know? I remember. Uh, Thank you for reminding. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Scherzer gave up seven so, runs, by the way, and also not Buck Showalter's fault. Uh, you know, just being fair. It, Oh, oh yeah, but, but I mean, but you think like Buck's going to call in Showalter Berlin and say, you know, get on him about something or no, your, your no, performance no, or something? No, no, but but no. but I but I think I think so. I'm going to tell you about a, a small situation yesterday in in a game that I saw, and then I want to hit something else. It just it's just an example of, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not old school or new school. I'm not analytical or eye test. I think the problem we we have in this sport is we're not. Everybody's got to be shades of gray with everything. You have to take in all the knowledge. You have to be willing to use what's in front of you, what's in the past week, what's on the back of the baseball card, and all of those sorts of things, right? But I'm a little old school in some ways. And one thing that I, I think would have probably bothered you, and I'm going to ask you, that drove me a bit crazy yesterday. So let's have a kid, Francisco Alvarez, a very talented young catcher, one of the best prospects in the league. He's got 12 homers. He played the first two games of this series. He did not play yesterday. Mets are down two runs and the ninth inning and Buck sends him out to pinch it. He's the third guy up, hoping that one of the first two get up and then he can go and knock tie the game. Right. Of uh, Ryan Presley who's difficult to hit first two get out. So here comes Alvarez and he's the last out of the game. Everyone in the clubhouse, they're showing the shots on SNY look like they're no, not really, but they look like they're going to cry. I mean, the guys are wearing it because they know the expectation, what they expected from themselves as a team. They're about to be the fourth team in the league to lose 40 games. And you should be at the top four. They're in the bottom. Right. And here's Alvarez. And he is ear to ear, smiling, joking around with Maldonado, who I'm sure he respects, who's very well respected. Maldi's behind the plate. And I'm sure they're having and they're catchers. And I get it. They may be from the same area. And I get it. But I hated it. I hated that when I'm looking behind him in the dugout and those vets are just dying, that this kid who look, I get it. Every at bat, he's had 120 whatever at bats in his life. Every at bat is probably a dream for him. The problem I have with it is that I don't trust that when he goes back in the dugout, someone in that room, the way they've been, and I mean this, is going to pull him aside. And that's not Buck's job. How would you handle looking at a situation like that where a young kid, 
probably something any of us could do. He's early 20s. He's a kid. But he joking around with the catcher before he's about to go out on three pitches, which he did to end a loss. Oh yeah, that that I'm like you. That would that would just eat me alive, right? In in the yeah, that may be a job for a player. But if I'm if I'm the manager too, I got it. You know because because you know we we talk about the 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 manager's got to take the heat for the team, right? Yeah, okay. I'm talking to the media every day, and if I'm going to cover for your ass. I'm sure as hell, you know what, you're going to be as serious as I'm going to be. You know, it's, it better mean something as much to you as it means yes. to me if I'm going to protect yes. you, right? Yeah. That's where I, so I, so I might ask, you know what, come here, hey, kid, you know what? Well, I, yeah, I pre, you know, you're you're living your dream, you're blah, blah, blah. The optics are bad, man. Yeah, you know so that's, and, you yes, know perfect word. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Let's, uh, you know what? It's got to mean something to you because who gets fired? Buck gets fired. You know, this kid, this kid's you know probably going to have a great career, right? Right. But they, you know, it's, it's not just well. I got to save my own ass, so I better say something. No, it's just right and wrong. You know, there's a and you get these people that Mets, especially Mets fans, and you know they pay a lot of money to watch these teams. They 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 live and die with these teams. You know, sometimes you got to take it as serious as they do. You know, I mean, that's what this is all about. I thought, you know, yeah, and, and I'm okay uh, with that. Look, if it's his first AB and they're coming in off a lot of, it's okay. Like, I have no problem with that. But to me, like that was just—it's an example. Like, and they had like a shot of like he's laughing, and in the background, Jet McNeil looked like he's gonna like you know, you like poop himself in the in because he's he's they're they're dying with it, right? And and I get it. That's the juxtaposition, right, of a kid who's just starting his career. It's. Yeah, look, he doesn't need to win right now as much because he he he's, he's just trying to play, right? And and he's getting his first sniff as a major leaguer. I it, those kind of things just bother me, and it, and it brings me to the last thing on baseball. I want to get a couple of uh, buggy about some non baseball stuff because I love just chatting with you in general uh, and talking about dogs. But the old school versus new school managers. I've had managers over the years, and I remember, and this is within like the last five years, tell me that. They've seen the percentages change where they used to think maybe it was like 80% were old school where managers could look across the the, the field and understand if somebody's going to hit somebody in the right spot, right? Or somebody going to, you know, throw somebody up and in or whatever that, you know, all the unwritten things in the game. And they thought it was like 80-20. But now it's, it's, it's probably swung more to new school. You've got a lot of younger guys. You've got a lot of recently former players. You've got a lot of analytically driven guys. You've got guys who have started in player development, Gibby, and then gone down to, you've got a couple of those guys, right, who are now down, and they've come from the upper level of, of the architecture of a system. Are we a dying breed now of, of guys who are the old school manager? I mean, how do you see that old school versus new school when you watch the game the way it's managed right now? You know what? To be involved in our game, you know, okay, what, what era you came from? You know, you, you got you got a lot of the same qualities, right? You know, but 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 there's no doubt times times have changed. In in the but but when I see like Dusty Baker winning, I see Bruce Bochy back, and Texas goes to the top. You know, Tito Buck Buck yeah Buck a team won 100 games last year. We're talking about Bobby Melvin, you know. That's that's what bothers me when I see the Padres and go, come on, Bobby, because because they want some of these are these old timers, man, to be successful, you know. And, and he is, is that you know, in the oh, that's not his fault. But, yeah, but sure. no, 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 it's not. But hey, you know, the, the catcher you're talking about for the Mets, he 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 he'd, he'd, he'd have fit right in out there in the San Diego, man. Yeah, he he, he, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but know, that's swag, you know, so, uh, and that and that's the that's that's part. Of, but 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 do you think nowadays? That when was there a feeling when and let me ask you, when you used to luck across the field 
even if you weren't, you know, I'm sure you had some managers that you were friendly with and knew some, maybe you didn't like that happens. We're all people, but you respected. And then some, maybe you didn't really know, but there's always that thing where I feel like managers from the other side, even if they're not tipping a cab, they kind of understand and get that the other guy's doing what they're doing. And there's that mutual feeling. Is there still that with the manager fraternity right now? You know what? I hope so. Uh, you know, I think that, like I said, there's, you know, guys, guys are being forced. I mean, to, to run the game the way that, you know, the, the people up top want. Right. And, but we, you know, we can't, we can't totally eliminate analytics and all that because there's a lot of good in that numbers and things sure. like that. You know, and, and I, I used to base most of the stuff off numbers. I'd look at numbers. I tell who hits good against whatever, but then you add more to it. So you, you, you almost, uh, you might see, you see, I guess I see, I see, recognize it more when I'm sitting at home watching on TV going, what are they doing? You know, it's easy for me to do now. Right. You know, and, oh, and sure. I'm not out the there, couch. But, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's like, okay, that's gotta be, that's gotta be the front office's plan before the game or something. I'm going, then I bitch moan about the game all the time. Right. But these guys also want to be major league managers and they want to keep their job and they want to do things like that. So there's, there's a, and, and guys are, a lot of the guys that are getting hired for those jobs now, you know, that that's where they come from. So they don't know any different. Right. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of ex-players that are getting hired now, too. But they're, 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 I think they're a little more flexible. They understand it, you know. And, um, yeah, are we a dying breed? Yeah, a little bit. But but I think uh, – I do think the games can maybe waking up a little bit and say, hey, maybe, we're a little, maybe this is a little bit slanted in how we're doing things, you know. Because – not just because they disagree. Because you're going to get all those number guys. They're never going to think they're wrong, you know. They're never going to think – they're going to think their way is the only way. But I think even the fans get tired of it sometimes, you know, you know, the, yeah. the, the, and, the, and, and look, if you're not looking down on the field, he's just an example. I remember years ago, uh, cover when the Red Sox won the World Series down there on the field. And, you know, Steve Pierce, who wins the MVP of the World Series, who only played against lefties, is playing against righties. Why? Because he was getting hits. So Alex Lee was hot. So, so, right. So it's like. At the end of the day, I think managers sometimes I don't want to say they do the FU to the guys above, but they're going to they're going to do what they got to do because they understand. And that's that's the job, um, almost very much like the job of a parent or um, like a parent of pets. And I say that because I want to I want to just I got to I got to delve into this story. So when I reached out to you last week about having you back on, you told me you were dog sitting. And you've got some puppies. Now I don't. I don't remember. Are they what? What kind of dogs? Were they labs? Labs. Labs. Right? Two labs. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now yellow <laughs> labs, black labs. What kind of mixes? What kind of labs we got? Oh, I got. I got a chocolate lab and okay. a, a red lab. Did oh, you know nice, lab? gorgeous dogs. Yes. yes. Yeah, they're like the originals. Anyway. Yeah, both of those, and they're smart animals as well. They um, are. Not how, the two we got. <laughs> how are you? How old are they? How old are they? One, one's coming up on six months this weekend. Okay. The other one's closing in on four months. Okay. And you watch them alone. Can't you tell? Yeah. So your better half was not there, and you watched them alone for how how many days? Were you were you by yourself with them? Oh, it was good three or four. It's like, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Take me inside. How more difficult for you? Uh, put together a lineup. Figure out how to beat the Yankees back in the day or trying to figure out how to make it through the night with two dogs who are driving you nuts? Like, what was the hairiest uh, adventure? Take me inside the house. Oh, gosh. Hey, Case, you know, I've got, I've got three children, three wonderful children. They're all adults now, but it's like, any, I can remember back then, you know, of course, their, their mom did most of the work, but I'm, 
this is difficult, man. You know, I, I wish my old man had told me, right? But he didn't do anything. You know, that was, he was back when, you know, the mom did everything, right? And I thought, dang, this is difficult. My poor wife, you know, all this blah, blah, blah. But I tell you, that is so much easier than dogs. Maybe it's my age. You know, I'm 60, just turned 61. Maybe you're not supposed to have labs. Maybe you're supposed to have those little kittens. Were you those, walking them on leashes? Were you, were you taking them for walks? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we don't, we don't take them outside out front much, you know, because there's okay. a lot of deer running around. Okay, take yeah, I want that. I, no, but occasionally we do, you know, but we, we get this little fenced in area in the back. Okay. And it's like, but down, you know, down here in San Antonio, it's like 110 with 120 degrees. They get hot. You got to get, get, get a lot of water. You got to give them a lot of water because they're going to get hot. But, but <laughs> oh, do yeah. you, do you have a trouble like wrangling them to get them in the house? Like, you know, what are you, are you doing bullet oh, yeah. door to try and get them in the, how are you getting them? How do you get yeah. these two dogs? I'm just, I'm, I'm just imagining you running around your lawn or your backyard I, trying to get these in two case, dogs. Case I plead with him, but that doesn't work, right? So I, but so I was watching that uh, a show where a mother dog or a mother bear or something they grab by the back of the neck, right? And then they, they don't they come. So I got the heck, I got the point. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. They come right along. <laughs> so <laughs> things have got. Were you easier, watching you know? for advice? And, Were you watching that for advice? No, I don't. You know, my wife's a uh, wildlife photographer, so I think I was watching some videos okay. or something. Go, okay, that's the key. Hey, okay. real quick though, I got you brought up uh, Steve Pierce from a while yeah. ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I got I got a great story about. Go ahead, Pierce. bring right? it. Let me hear it. We we he was with us when we traded him to the Red Sox, right? Um, that year he was the MVP. We were playing a game down in Houston. I think it was earlier that year. Yeah, in uh, Charlie Morton's pitching for Houston, right? So so Piercey's not playing that game. And uh, who else wasn't? Uh, uh, anyway, another one of our big hitters wasn't, wasn't playing that game. And Morton's dealing, right? So we we get it's probably about the seventh inning. He's still there. We're down. We're down by uh, uh, two runs. So we're down at the bottom of our lineup. So I tell Demarlo Hale, our bench coach, I said, "Hey, go find because uh, I, I, I looked at." I was the analytic analytics me look I looked at the the results we guys on our team had against Morton in their career. And I think Piercy had like two or three hits, you know, and he was the only one that had any hits, you know. So I said, I don't know why he wasn't playing to begin with. Maybe it's something something that that's my stupidity. But uh uh so anyway, I said, Hey, go find Piercy. If we get a guy on, he's gonna hit, right? So uh so DeMarlo, uh uh DeMarlo, First he couldn't find him. Then he think then Piercy comes running around. He I come down to the dugout. He goes, "What do you need?" I said, "Hey, if this guy gets on or so and so gets on, you're gonna hit." And he goes, "Oh no, no, no!" I said, I, "I said no." I told him, "I said, hey, you're the only one that's ever hit hit more." And he goes, "No, no, no. That that's that's back when Charlie wasn't throwing very well <laughs> <laughs> during so, his Phillies days uh, or the Braves early Braves uh, days." Yeah, exactly. So, so tomorrow I, I told Demarlo, "Okay, hey, get get somebody, get the other guy, right? Whoever that was." So we didn't even send Piercy up there. You know, we sent the other guy because he was, oh, no, no chance. Next thing you know, we, we traded him to Houston. I mean, the, the Red Sox. He's the MVP of the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> and, and crushing everybody. By the way, I think he played for every played for every team. Did he play for the Yankees? He played for, like, every other team in the American League. East. Team he played, in the East. Oh, yeah. He seemingly played played everywhere. Uh, let me, let me hey, one of the this. best guys you will ever meet, man. A great competitor. One of the best human beings you'll ever meet. I was just going to ask you that because uh, let me close on this. So there are, as a you pr- you've got like two careers, right? So as a player, there were probably teammates that had tremendous impact on you, whether it be showing you the ropes, uh, guys who you respected, guys who you learned from, guys who you had fun and hung out with. 
as a manager, it's a little bit of a different role because you're more like a father figure in a lot of these cases, right? Give me a, a player or two that that through your time you just had a different level special relationship with manager to player because it's not teammate to teammate. It is harder to build that relationship beyond the field because look, you're the boss. You're the guy who's making the right. I mean, it is a there's a little bit of a difference there. What guys stand out to you and why in that category of kind of just a different level special relationship when you were a manager with your players, Gibby? You know, Casey, I, I've been fortunate, man. I've had some good ones, right? You know, and, and, and it really, I've been I've been lucky that way. But you know, Josh Donaldson is one of my all time favorites. We had our battles, man, and we but we understood each other, you know, and, and we still keep in touch. That kind of, that kind of thing. Mark Burley, you know, Bur Burley, another one, one of the best human beings, the easiest. If you want to be a, a, a good manager, Burley's your kind of guy, man. And if you want a quick day before the pitch clock, exactly, you want to be out of there soon. Exactly. You know, and, and uh, he was he was one of my all-time favorites, you know. Uh, Kevin Pillar, you know, those kind of guys. There's, uh, I mean, I could, I could go on and on. Roy Halladay, you know. Justin Spire, you know. Uh, even, you know, I, I had a good – even in, you know, Roberto Osuna, who had some problems – was like a son to me in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, it's in Aaron Sanchez, you know, but, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, if there's that, that respect, you know, if you treat them like men and you know what, if they understand you got their, their best interest at heart and it's not all about you, the manager, you know, everything's fine, you know, in, in uh, and if you're, if you're honest with them, even if you get something that they don't want to hear, you know what they'll listen to you. You know it's it's when you got that. You know that uh, they think you're a phony and you, you're 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 not on their side. You know you bitch and moan. You throw them under the bus when things go bad, like we talk about a couple of teams now. And then you then you're done. But if it's if it's if it becomes more of a friendship, but you have to have that fine line still. You know that now now you got it made. You know you may not win it all. You know you may end up getting fired anyway. But you know what you 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 enjoy you enjoy the seasons more in your career, you look back and you know, you develop some great friendships. You got to feel for Donaldson. Obviously you mentioned JD, uh, you getting booed. I mean, uh, he's, he's getting, look, I I've seen booed in New York. I mean, he getting it bad. That's tough to come out of. I know he's built different. Uh, I know that, but that's gotta be hard for him to deal with. You feel oh, for yeah. him from but, afar know, watching this? Oh yeah, but you know he's getting older. You know, I mean, he's he's had a tremendous career, but he's getting older. I mean, it's it's still a young man's game, uh, so he's not going to be what he was a few years ago. It's impossible, right? Uh, you know, if there's one guy that could take the heat up there, he'd be at the top of my list. Yeah. But still, it's got to be crushing. It's nobody, no, I don't care how tough you are. Nobody wants to listen to that. You know, uh, but the the problem with their team now is Judge Judge isn't in the line. Yeah. But you know what the problem with the Yankees? Everybody gets hurt all the time. You know all this state of the art uh, medical stuff we got, all these training techniques we use now. Everybody's hurt all the time. Stanton's hurt every time you turn around. You know, it's well, like, and uh, you know it's like that's what that's what kills that team. I I, uh, I I leave you with this, and you know how much I I respect, love you, and I appreciate this so much. I, I leave you with this advice: Don't ever let, as a dog owner, my dog is almost fifteen. Don't if even if these dogs stare at you and say, I don't want to eat that. Don't ever feed them human food, because once you do, they will never go back. <laughs> I have been feeding my dog human food for about 14 years because about a few months in, we had a head on collision where he basically was looking me in the eye. I'm going to starve. I'm not eating this garbage. 
And if you don't feed me something else, you're going to have to explain to your kids you have no dog. And I have been feeding him regular food for about 14 years. And beyond it being even costly, I sit there and I'm cooking chicken for a golden retriever and feel like the biggest jackass on the planet Earth. So whatever you do, don't feed these dogs human food. That's my advice to you. Okay. Hey, remember though that, that that gold retriever likes you more than your kids like you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean they like him more than they like me too. I mean I should just leave them with each other and go on vacation. Hey, Case, hey, be careful. I, yeah. I think I think human food's cheaper than the dog food, man. So you might be ahead of the well, game. Well, it's certainly cheaper than the vet. We know that. So keep them healthy. <laughs> Gibby, appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. Case, you're the best, man. Anytime, pal. Anytime uh, you want to join us on the Unfiltered Revolution, you could hop on board all the different ways. Enjoy it on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Enjoy the Gibby Show and check that out as well. We are Unfiltered, and we are, as always, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.